Brace yourselves for the Middle-Aged Fat Lasses podcast. Welcome to our podcast. This is Sarah and Sarah, Cecil and Simons, the two Sarahs. And this week, we're going to be chatting about dating. dating what do you think of Americans I think it's an American term I remember when I was a teenager reading what we probably call young adult fiction now and about young people going out on dates and it seemed to be very formalized it seemed to be very clean it seemed to be more to do with going out and meeting people. It also seems, I've never really understood the whole American concept of dating. But so, for example, there's an episode of Friends where Phoebe is dating two men. And that's pretty much okay until she reveals she's actually sleeping with one of them. That it's okay to be kind of trying people out and going on different dates, so long as you're not actually having sex with one of them. And then it becomes a different thing. But dating was not a thing when I was a girl. No, it wasn't me either. Do you know, you saying friends, I think that's the first time that I became aware of kind of the rules of it, that there were rules involved in American kind of dating. Because at that point, even like mid-90s, the idea of, of dating, it hadn't come over here, had it? Over here, we were still copping off and copped off. <laughs> so when we were younger in rural Cumbria the question would be will you go with me and what that meant that would be at a rural disco the DJ was Keith's hot rod a really special one would be where there were crisps and pop on sale that would be quite exciting that would be a level up Um, somebody would come in with maybe a can of tenants and get leglessly drunk six of them on a single can of tenants and it would all kick off and then somebody would say will you go with me or my friend wants to go with you yes yes I remember that my friend wants to go with you and that didn't mean sex it meant like snogging the courtship ritual was that you would then go to that person you would have no conversation with them and you would snog them for most of the evening and the bits when you weren't actually locking lips the lad would sit with his arm around the girl because this was entirely heterosexual there was no there was no same sex copping off the lad would sit with his arm around the girl's shoulder and then they would both look sadly into the middle distance while everybody else was dancing as if they were having like a kind of catching their breath kind of having a break it was very very public and so that was copping off and the thing about Keith's hot rod disco is that he would signal the end of the evening by playing hi-ho silver lining and hi-ho silver lining has now become almost Pavlovian for me in terms of disappointment because if you haven't copped off by the time hi-ho silver lining played that was it yeah yeah awful I have an actual physical sense of disappointment you know how you've described it and it was so public I remember going on well it wasn't a date there was this lad that I'd copped off with at the local under 18s disco champers and then I met him afterwards like the following week and we snogged a lot in the shopping centre. 
where they have the seats around the little fountain. And I think we probably went for it in a snogging sense, in broad daylight. Oh, my Lord. And then my friend said her dad had seen me in the shopping centre. Nothing more was said. And I was just, you know, when you feel sick. Even then, when I had absolutely no shame whatsoever, <laughs> I still remember thinking, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have practically done that. In that lad's face in broad daylight in the shopping centre. But anyway, I went out with him again, and he said to me, do you fancy a brew? And that put me right off. Oh. I was in going for a cup of tea. Oh, I remember man. that because he was really handsome, and that put me right off. I'd gone on a bus to Skipton to see him. For him to say fancy a brew and me want to just turn around and go home. Must have been about 15. The thing is, though, you didn't need to talk to anybody because you knew them anyway. It was just like out of I school. Didn't him. I didn't know him. I didn't know him. No, I went to an old girls' school who was a total stranger. They were all total strangers who I was copying well, on. no, you see, with us, it was like we all knew each other. We all sat next to each other in French or geography or whatever. The whole copying off ritual had nothing to do with chit chat you didn't have to ask you know about your family because we'd all live next door to each other we'd all lived in the same village well you see that seems a lot more wholesome to me than mine just picking out random strangers in a under 18s bar and because that was obviously all of that was just based on what you looked like that was just a yeah that'll do that one (laughs) i'm not sure i'm presenting myself in a wonderful light here sarah the whole thing was really odd and and it was just a night of snogging, like your face chewed off. Yeah. Like, you know. And it wasn't more snogging. than that. It was never more than that. No. At that it, point, it, at that point no, in development. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, copping off, getting off with somebody, that was the same sort of thing. Yeah, got off with him. But yeah. you see, nowadays, I would question what copping off means. If somebody said, oh, well, they copped off, I would assume with adults <laughs> now that I'm in my 50s that somebody was having sex not just sitting in a public place kissing each other as somebody who's been married since 1920 yeah can I just ask you Sarah do people because you've been single and on the market <laughs> oh that sounds terrible on the market you've been auditioning people haven't you I have been auditioning, for a, for a while. Been auditioning people yeah, yes. yeah. do uh, People older than 15 sit with people they like and just snog them. Does it have to lead to sex? I, I think, yeah. The idea is that you don't go to the crown and sit next to somebody and, you know, their hand on your knee and you snogging. And then, you yeah, because in grown up world, you don't do that, do you? No, no. no somebody would call the police. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Oh, do you know? One of my friends, I met her years and years ago, and she was a teeny tiny, delicate little Australian lady. When we'd see a handsome man, she'd say, and I can't do the accent, you hold him down and I'll pass him off. (laughs) Pass him off! And that meant, like, snugging them? Yeah, same as copping off. Right. Shall I tell you what I don't like now? Catch feels. (laughs) And I know that's not the same thing as copping off. There's so much about that phrase, catch feels, that I don't like. I've not heard that. I've heard of copping a feel. No, that's something completely different. This is feels as in you're getting feelings for somebody. Oh, is it? I caught feels. Oh, it's like emotional feels, not Not fingering. How lovely, as our dear Queen would say. (laughs) (laughs) No, because there's a bit in um, Catcher in the Rye where somebody's copping a feel. Yeah, and that's groping somebody. So catching feels is like having an emotional experience yeah yeah you see my kids are very well they're not kids anymore they're adults and 
they spend most of their time in open contempt to anything I say, particularly about my youth or childhood. And they hate words like shag and snog. Oh, don't say snog. Oh, it's revolting. And, and my son once said to me, don't tell me about your teenage years. We all know what happened in your teenage years. You all went to a party and someone had it off. <laughs> they, they think having it off is the funniest expression. Someone would just have it off. Yeah, with me usually, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to hear that from your mother, did you? This idea of, of having rules around it, dating, is a progression, or do we think it was better when we were freestyling? There's a lot to do with safety, isn't there? And particularly in the days of internet dating, I do know young people that get involved in internet dating. There's a whole load of caveats are set up. You know, friends are briefed. There's safe words that people can ring their, text their mate, you know, pigsty, and their mate will come round and make sure they're all right. Meeting strangers and having those boundaries is very clear. And when you're young as well, I suppose, we're back to the idea of being in public and living out that drama in a public place. I like the idea that there's rules and I like the idea that there's an element of safety Mm. around it. And looking back, I'm often surprised I'm not dead. Yeah, me too. You know, all the terrifying, let's say, romantic scrapes I got myself into, the overnight romances, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I think, how did I not accidentally meet some terrible murderer? I think about frequently. I remember after I'd got divorced, I, I did a bit of must have been text dating because it was all done through the Guardian soulmates. And I remember meeting this man and arranging to meet him in the car park of a pub, like out in the middle of nowhere. And when he arrived, the first thing I thought was, God, he looks like Peter Sutcliffe. And then I thought, hang on a minute, I am in, no one knows where I am. I am in a bloody car park in the pitch dark in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't anything like Peter Sutcliffe. He was a very, very sweet man, but it wasn't for me. But I did remember thinking at the time, whoa, this, what am I doing? He was fine. He wasn't a murderer at all. Oh, well, that's good news. I could have been the murderer. I was more likely to have been the murderer. Let's be honest, yes. (laughs) I think the, the interesting word in this is off. Because, like, getting your rocks off, getting off, copping off. There's a little bit of a a link to orgasm. Yeah. Off is... Yeah. Off seems to me to have taken on this sexual weight. So cupping off. Yeah. We go with me. Yeah, we we go with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what my dad used to say as well. When me and all my friends were going out when I was about 16 and we were all dressed up to the nines and it was obvious why we were going out, you know, to look for gentlemen. That sounded very uh, Victorian, <laughs> didn't it? And he'd say, are you going sharking? Oh. Sharking meaning like a shark on the attack when I was out with my friends if we saw a gentleman that we like the look of one of them would do a fin sign on the top of their forehead like a like a dorsal fin in jaws and there'd be a very light humming of while that person went to see if they could um ensnare their victim (laughs) in Carlisle it's called going on the ratch being on the ratch are you on the ratch because ratch means looking for something. Oh, out on the ratch means that you're going out to look for a chap. You know, you said your friend's dad. That's the other thing about living in small communities. When I first left my husband, me and the kids went to live with my mum and dad. So I was in my mid-30s. And there was one day at breakfast, my mother said, Celia Hughes saw you coming out of a pub with a man with a leather jacket. <laughs> 
practically on the game, mother. Now, this internet dating, I've been with my husband since before the internet was invented. Up until recently, because I have lots and lots of gay friends, the only thing that I knew about internet dating was Grinder. I have played Grinder with my friends. They've shown me out how you get involved in the game of Grinder, which they explained to me is a bit like the modern day version of cottaging. A slightly more organised, safer legal yes version of seeing a stranger who you wouldn't mind having a go on arranging a meetup and cracking on with it i remember recently i was describing tinder to a mate of mine that's the straight version of grinder yes it? so i was explaining it to a mate of mine and he went oh it just sounds like organized sex i said well i think it is but i've never really got into tinder a friend of mine who uses tinder had come up and she was showing me you know swipe to the right swipe to the right and you put where you are and all these names come up on us. I sound like somebody's nan, don't I? Well, you've so more ideas than I have. Like, so in an immediate vicinity. So within within 20 miles, these names come up. You have to broaden it a bit in Cumbria because there's not that many 20 people. 20 miles? Not driving 20 miles. Oh, in Carlisle. I would drive 20 yeah. miles for George Clooney. <laughs> 20 miles in Cumbria is like, you know, down the road. Do you get these things on Facebook where like American men or they purport to be American men and they go, you are very beautiful. You have a beautiful smile. I would like to get to know you better and maybe make you my wife. Do you get those? No, and I'm furious about that. I get them quite a lot. I think I look quite vulnerable. Why aren't I getting this sort of attention? Tell you what else I haven't got. Nobody sent me a dick pic. Not something that I want, just to be clear. But I am aware that just about every other female in the entire world has had one. Yes, indeed. Unsolicited. Yes. Why would anybody think that would be a good idea? Oh, there's a lady I like the look of. I know what I'll do. I'll just open my pants, get my camera down there. Is she going to go, hmm, I like that. I wonder what the rest of him's like. There was one that I got a few years ago. I made the mistake of writing the word penis on Twitter and I got a whole storm of them. They went, oh, she's written penis. She'd obviously like to see one. And there was one where he filmed himself slowly emerging with his knob, just like slowly emerging from behind a door. His erect penis came hove into view. And it was so funny. I laughed so much. And I watched it about 20 times. And then I deleted it and blocked him. And But it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And I do remember thinking... Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I think that would upset me. I think it would. Look at me all talk. I've never got one. And now, as soon as I hear the reality of it, I'm like, no, no, would not like that. Call the police. If Grindr is the real life version of cottaging, Tinder is the real life version of what? I don't know. I did think dogging. No, because dogging's a bit more horrid than that, really, isn't it? You see, this is Kat kind of telling me dogging story. Yeah. It's all right. You don't have to buckle up. It's just me getting the wrong idea. I knew it was people having sex in a forest. or that's what I thought it was. But I thought it was some sort of pagan, almost magical fairy tale thing where it was this lovely staged, almost Midsummer Night's Dream type situation in a forest and the twinkly lights. And there'd probably be like a gap in the trees, but it'd be all beautifully set and beautifully designed. And then there'd be a couple having some lovely sex in this circle surrounded by other people usually in wafty robes there was something very floral and you know midsummer about it that's what i thought it was so why would it be called dogging don't know you say forest there was one time my son and i we had to go and do this emergency trip out to an industrial estate in the middle of the night 
like one Sunday night, we had to go and drop some keys off, basically. And as we were driving out, loads of people were driving in. Loads and loads of people. And I was like, Sunday night? What the? Oh. And it was a dogging site. You're going to an industrial estate on a school Because yes, there's not many people there. Just people dropping their keys off. I bet they were. In a bowl. <laughs> Now we've gone on to keys in bowls. Do you think that was the, the precursor to dogging for middle class people? Was it an urban myth? You know, the pampas grass thing that if you had pampas grass in your garden, you were supposed to be a swinger. No, yeah. this is literally the first time I'm hearing this. Allegedly. No. I mean, wouldn't it be tragic if you were a swinger and you couldn't get your pampas grass to grow? <laughs> <laughs> Keys in the bowl. To me, you know, you were quite posh and that you might have a house with a flat roof. But I don't know. I don't know if it's all this urban myth. And I, I just all, always think these things sound so glamorous and charming. You know, like your your Midsummer Night's Dream sex scenario. And it's all a bit grubby and awful and humiliating and aren't the kind of real life implications. It's not strangers, is it? At one of the well, I don't know, maybe it is at those keys in a dish parties. Are they yeah. neighbours? Is that part of it? Or is it that I've conflated Margot and Jerry off The Good Life? I think I've, yeah. I've conflated about five different 1970s sitcoms and snippets of information that I've got and then made some up. I went to a school reunion when I was about 30. And that was really odd. I was pregnant, which is probably just as well. And it was very weird to meet these full-grown adults, some of whom you had copped off with you'd gone to sort of one level of a sexual encounter with them and then suddenly you were seeing them as adults yeah it was all a bit <gasps> oh I've done things with you and yeah. now we're meeting as grown-ups that was very odd it was quite thrilling do you go back to those teenage relationships when you see friends who you were at school yeah I definitely think so because you all know what each other were like as kids I was gonna say if you <laughs> weren't pregnant because... before you got there you would have been bad time we went home <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely think there is that thing of remembering what you were once like, you know. And now I'm just like somebody's mum. I quite like not having the pressure of it, though. As soon as I start thinking of myself, am I attractive? I start feeling insecure. As soon as I start taking the focus off myself to thinking what somebody else's review of me would be in that context... I start doubting myself and I have to bring myself back to I don't really give a fuck whether people think I'm fanciable or not. There are times when I feel very self-conscious about it, but then there's also times when I don't give a shit. Um, but that can be at the same time. I just can't do that. And I don't know if my journey back from being so intensely sad and disappointed with my appearance because I'm fat kind of almost took over my life. My way back from that, you know, I've gone a little bit almost evangelistic about not giving a shit. And it's one of the reasons why sometimes I post pictures of myself looking absolutely dog rough on Twitter or Facebook and other times when I'm all done up because I really want to feel that not giving a shit. And it's not because I don't give a shit about my appearance. It's because I don't give a shit about other people's reviews of my appearance. Have we gone too far away from We have gone off? quite a long way from copping off, but I think it's an interesting tangent we've shared. Mm -hmm. So what direction would you like the dating world to be? Would you think it should have more of a framework to it? Would that turn it a little bit Jane Austen? Yeah, but, you know, still people were having a fumble in the shrubbery even then, weren't they? I mean, you know, look at Lydia Bennett, off with Wickham. Uh, yeah, and I think those things have always happened. People have always 
broken the rules and the rules are there to be broken the boundaries are there to be escaped so we've covered copping off cashing off getting off having it off having it off yeah do you remember bunking bonking bonking yeah oh do you know in retrospect i don't like that no i don't but it always sounded such tremendous fun yeah but it does sound a little bit children's tv as well which i don't like i remember the the first time anyone said it to me and we said have you been bonking and i remember thinking good lord (laughs) (laughs) that sounds really jolly banging oh banging nasty that sounds a bit violent doesn't it banging it does Sowing is what they say up here. Do they say that in your No. Does she sow? That means, is the lady available for sexual intercourse? Does she sow? Mm. As in Lady Pig? Well, yes. Never seen it written down. No one's ever written it to me. (laughs) I do think it's really funny that my kids think shag is so nasty. It's maybe from Austin Powers, you know, the whole shag. Yeah, but we we used to say shag before that. Are they shagging? My dad's mate, they went out for a night and my dad's mate apparently had gone into this pub on the way out. There was a whole load of women. They were all like, bye, bye. And as he went out, he went and shagged a lot of them. He said the secret to his success was just trying it on with everybody. He goes, throw a lot of mud at the wall and some of it sticks. Yeah, the numbers game. That also feels quite David Attenborough does that, the natural world. Maybe that's the way forward, Sarah. Oh, no. Right, I think we have covered the world of dating and lots of other worlds, actually. No, we have, yeah. Quite robustly. Why has that made you laugh, Sarah? Why has robustly made you laugh? Oh, because uh, I've got my Alan Partridge love on at the moment and there's a bit where he says... Prophylactic broke during some quite robust lovemaking. Right, well, that's upset us all, Sarah, and we best finish. <laughs> this has been Cecil and Simons, the two Sarahs, podcasting about dating. Join us again soon, listener, where we will be twatting on about something else. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Middle-Aged Fat Lasses podcast. Subscribe now to make sure you don't miss an episode. To find out more, visit middleagedfatlass.com.